0: Hello, welcome to Staying Home with Wit. If you guys follow our YouTube channel, which you most totally should because it is really funny. I must say so myself. We have been doing reaction videos to the city and then now to the hills. We're almost done with season one and it has been just the best roller coaster of nostalgic emotions. But Timmy and I watch the episodes, we give our feedback, we give you little insider scoop, we make fun of people but in a nice way, in a nice way. Don't don't worry guys. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I make fun of myself just as much as everybody else. It's all fun and games. It was so fun and so crazy to watch my 20-year-old self take on New York and life. And we decided as some extra bonus material to interview Roxy, my best friend, coworker. Everything who got me through all the craziness of this time living in New York and filming a reality show, we interviewed her and she gives some really fun insider info and just updates us on what's going on with her and our process of filming the show. Roxy and I have been friends forever. We started dancing together when we were in middle school, and then we were in the high school dance company all throughout high school, and we dated best friends. And she is actually someone that is part of my roots. Here is Roxy. I hope you enjoy this little interview we did with her, and I'm just so proud of her and everything she's become. So I hope you enjoy our chat.
1: Tell us how how you ended up on the show.
2: I ended up on the city because Adam Davillo had seen me with Stephanie and Spencer and all them and wanted me to do the hills. My family is a very not reality family. Like they all work in show business and were taught pretty much that reality TV was bad. And so my parents said absolutely not to the Hills. They wouldn't let me do it. And I was upset at the time because I was 21 and I was like, this is, would be fun. And I would make you know money for the first time and do things and this would be great. My mom had a real point of view and this I heard. And she said, I'm worried that what they want from you on the Hills is for your drama and you drinking and you getting party girl. And that's not who you really want to be seen as and who you really want to be when you grow up and I said that to, and I said to Adam because he kept coming after me and coming after me for the hills and I said listen I can't I can't in my own mind say that this is an okay show for me to do and I know that I'm going to risk my health and like my self-esteem and all this stuff I don't I can't I can't fathom it in my head then I saw him during Spidey's wedding and he said he wanted to talk to me And on Monday, he called me and I was like, this is the same thing. I don't want to hear it. And he's like, no, I want you to come and I have a different idea for you. I see way more New York. I understand what your parents thought of. So I have a way to kind of mix the chip. You'll be working. You'll be really working for a PR firm. You'll be with Whitney, who I know your parents like and respect. And she's not a party girl. And you will not have to drink on this show. You will not have to be exposed like that. But you will have to give your full Roxy attitude. And" be willing to like go all out in the other way, like be willing to to really up the ante with how Christian does that somewhat. He pretty much described it as right. Just con- not being the bad one, but just being the instigator. And I was like, I don't really know how to be anything else. And when I brought this to my parents and I was like, I'm going to do this. It's in New York. That's where I've wanted to live. It's working girls. It's Whitney. Who's been one of my friends since, forever, the stars aligned.
1: Do you remember me, like, from being on the crew?
2: What are you talking about?
1: I mean, like, what do you remember about me from being on the crew?
2: Me and Whitney would walk up to like 60th street and what do you think the conversation would be? Me? Timmy, 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 Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, how would I not, what are you talking about? And
1: you were like the, the guy, like, in the Mets hat? Or were you like, I, I get it?
2: No, I w- I w- I will never forget ever this because I remember calling my mom after I'm such a nerd. Yes. I call my mom about everything Whitney, you can play So whatever. <laughs> uh, we went on a long walk and Whitney said, you know, I think like she, she was having a hard time because you were dating someone, but she was okay. Like she understood. Cause she had her stuff from the city and all that. But she said, I think I'm going to marry this person. And I believed her. And I was like, I called my mom to my mom. Had that with her, with my father the, after one time of her with my father, she said, I knew I was going to marry him. And I said, I never believed another person. And I don't know of another person that said to me that they got married to the person. And I'll never forget that walk ever because it stood down to me so much. And I went, I, I really believed that you guys were going to get married. So I always saw you as Whitney's person. Like it was like, I always got that extra thing. Cause I was with Whitney and lived with yeah. Whitney and yeah. see all that stuff, you know? So you to me, I mean, you were annoying, but like, I was also like, <laughs> I was all for it. I mean, you, you made me do stuff, you know, like I also remember you as like, you know, one of my producers who would make me do stuff sometimes and I didn't want to, you, So you pissed me off. But like, also you were one of the only people that I felt like I could, I like had my sense of humor. Right. Like you were always in on the joke. And like, for me, I've hung out with guys most of my life, so I felt like it was kind of like the, I met some New York people that had, like, my sense of humor, and you were probably the first person that I had met like that, where it was, like, that dirty, like, just ruthless, doesn't give a F, just, like, making jokes all the time, and it kept me feeling like I was at home in a certain way, so. Uh, I have
0: been doing some mega major organizing this year because I have so many holiday presents to get, and it can be... Like sort of overwhelming, but also you want to get really good, thoughtful presents. Like this year has been so hard. People deserve so much and people have been working so hard for not a lot. So it just feels like this season where you really want to put a smile on someone's face. And I recently found this really cool thing called Aura Frames, which I think are really cute personal presents. Aura Digital Frames are are really beautifully designed Wi-Fi frames that connect people around the world through a really simple photo sharing experience. So basically with free unlimited storage, you can send endless photos straight from your phone to the frame and never run out of space. So if you have a grandparent or an aunt and uncle or any family member that you haven't seen, which is likely most of you, it's just a super cute and updated way to share with them current photos. You can invite the entire family to join. And even like I said, if you're scattered across the globe, you can stay connected through shared memories on your aura frame. Just a little gist. The frames are beautiful. They're living room worthy. I'm super into framing things in gallery walls. And these frames are super, super cute to put on like a little buffet table in your living room or like next to your bedside table. They're just such a cute gift for the holiday. They're really easy to set up, even if you're technologically challenged. And you can add photos ahead of time and even surprise someone special with a personalized memory that will appear on the frame like magic. So imagine it being like someone's birthday that you haven't seen for a while and you get them this frame. And then all of a sudden next to them when they wake up is like a cute little photo album of all the memories you guys had together. How cute. Not to mention they're super high res, they have auto brightness adjusting display which means your photos always look their best. Now, with the holidays right around the corner, what better way to show someone than giving them a gift like this that actually like brings back memories. This is all just so important. For a limited time Aura is offering with Wit podcast listeners 15% off their purchase with the code wit. Just go to auraframes.com that's a u r a F R A M E S dot com and use the code WITH WIT for 15% off your purchase. And now back to our chat.
2: I'm Amanda Lippman. I run an organization called Run for Something. I wrote a book called Run for Something. And now I host this show, also called Run for Something. My mission is simple. Find people who care about solving problems and help them run for office. Every Tuesday, I'll talk with amazing and incredible candidates and elected officials who are already making a difference. They're in local offices that might seem small and not so sexy, but are actually hugely important for your day-to-day life. Fixing our broken system will take all of us and people like you. Listen in every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Let's talk about the Myers. I remember there was a scene in the kitchens and you're like, where are we going to sleep? And like the younger one's like, wherever we want or something. Like, was there like some kind of like potential for any of you guys to ever hook up with these guys? Was that in the air?
2: I think it was in the air when he... Let me know if I'm wrong. For yeah. you and... Was Freddie the, the older, older one? one? Yeah, Freddie's
0: the older one. I think that there was something in the air for sure. But
2: were Say you... what you feel. Were you trying to hook up?
1: Oh, deflection.
2: Oh, yeah, deflection. No. I've never liked a guy that you've liked, we have never had the same taste. So going into it, no offense to me. I mean, you're I'm into you and all, but other than you, I just, we've never had the same taste in guys. I think Freddie, to me, was like, one, he's not... a all my type, and either was his brother, and so I think I was having fun. I just I thought I thought to be honest, I thought Sammy was going to fr- hook guess. up with, yeah, do some dirty stuff to the other one, and I thought that Whitney, if I pushed her, she might be willing to like go there with Freddie. So that was kind of my game, like let's get let's get Sammy drunk and hook up with that other one, so Whitney and him can play, and then I thought he was shaped. Yeah, and then I and then I and then
1: I was not for it at all. No, let's talk about Sammy for a second. And in, in the ride up there, you're like, "Sammy, are you from a small town or a big town?" And she was like, "A small town." And you were like, "Small town girls are nuts." Like, were you? Did you get along with Sammy in the beginning? Would did they ask you to like mess with her? What was that? Do you remember that?
2: Yes, I remember that car ride because the. Only thing they used in that car, Whitney said something crazy and Sammy said something crazy. And the only crazy thing they used was the crazy of mine, which was really crazy and really disappointed my grandfather. Mine was getting a tattoo drunk and they only used mine. Yours, yeah. And I was like, OK, so I think for me, Sammy now is one of my absolute best friends, like still to this day. And I'm really close to her. I love her. But during the city, the, especially the first year, before I understood what, the, like, what I was fully doing and like, what I could do and what I couldn't, I think I was like, this is a girl, because Olivia wouldn't play ball with me at all. And I was like, you know what? I can fuck with Sammy and get Sammy going. And, and that's an easy target. Not like that's nice. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm a nice person for that. But I'm saying like I think that I knew how. I knew that she would. She was easier to play with than Olivia. And I always wanted to just film with Olivia so I could annihilate her. And I never felt that was Sammy. It was more like I just wanted to. I wanted Sammy to show the wild Sammy that we all knew and loved on film. And so I kept trying to push that. And, it, and I think that was my thing with Sammy. Like my issue with Sammy was always me going, show your real crazy Sammy. Come on, let's do it, do it, do it. And she was, and she was smart going like, I don't want to do that on TV. And I was the one going, why wouldn't you, if you're on TV, just show, you know? And so I think that was the kind of my constant issue with Sammy. And now looking back, now that she has two kids, I'm glad she didn't do that side of her. <laughs> you know, I heard about
0: usual wines and I thought it was so great. Basically, each bottle is 6.3 ounces to be exact, which is a heavy pour or about a glass and a half of wine. So there's no more pouring wine down the sink when you don't want to finish the bottle, which I am the most guilty of. And I hate doing it every time. I'll open a bottle... I'll drink a glass, maybe two after keeping it in the fridge for two days. It's gross and I don't want to drink it anymore and I feel so wasteful. But because of the single serve format and bottle design, usual is always fresh and it's no more flat, bubbly ugh, or stale rosé. The wines are super low carb and have zero grams of sugar. Usual has a red blend, a rosé, and a sparkling wine called Brut, and they also have a limited production Brut rosé just for the summer. Usual wines are made from world-class AVAs, which I think I'm saying this correctly, but they're American viticultural areas. They're made in places like this in California, like Napa, Sonoma, and Santa Barbara, and are made with minimal intervention, zero sugar, and zero additives. This is a very important trait of wine. have for me because like i've told you before i'll get an instant headache from a super sugary wine and think it's really important for you to be drinking wines that are as clean as possible yes grapes contain sugar So to clarify, all usual wines are produced using natural, sustainable grapes harvested every fall. These grapes are picked at optimal ripeness to ensure all sugar will be fermented completely until the wines are dry with absolutely no residual sugar. So all that's left is the delicious, clean wine. The process of fermentation happens when natural yeasts eat the naturally occurring sugar in the grapes. In goes sugar, out comes alcohol. Some winemakers will purposefully end fermentation early to keep a little sugar in the wine, but usual wines are fermented until no more sugars are in the wine. So this absolutely ensures that the wines are as dry as possible and lower in calories. They have a very special holiday product coming out in early November. It's called their usual reserve. It's an ultra premium limited edition Mount Videre Cabernet Sauvignon. This is their most special wine yet, the usual reserve. Just in time for the holidays, hailing from one of the most celebrated plots of land in all of Napa, this Cabernet Sauvignon is concentrated and rich with just enough grip. Gift it to someone special, oh, perfect gift, or keep it all for yourself. The holidays as usual. Go check out their website at www.usualwines.com and use my discount code WITHWIT for $8 off your first order and try your first glass on us. Go check them out, guys. Low sugar wines in small bottles. I mean, must I say more? www.usualwines.com with discount code WITHWIT for $8 off your first order.
1: Most of like the second... Season was you helping Whitney with Whitney E, the first photo shoot on the roof. You're ah. just like kind of trying to have fun and like and like pop the champagne, and I remember it was so hot and uncomfortable. Just take us back to that day and describe it and like what you were trying to do for real and anything that the producers might have told you to do,
2: okay, so I think that for real, I was trying to have a good time because it was uncomfortable. Like, I think there was a lot of, that was the first time that I remember being a real, somewhat of like, this felt real. There was a lot at stake. I could see that Whitney was anxious. I could see that Kelly was out of her mind anxious. And I felt like there's no way these models are going to have fun with us if we don't start popping bottles or do something because it's hot It's miserable outside. We were having to do this. How it takes so that much longer when you have a film crew as well as a photographer. And I didn't really take into consideration that time like I'm saying right now, like how much work Whitney had put into it. How much time, how much effort. Like the stuff that I would know now in my 30s, I had no idea about in my 20s. So Whitney was way ahead of me like that. Like I was definitely learning a lot from her at that time but like only wanting to listen to kind of what I wanted to listen to and I really also wanted Whitney to lighten up like I wanted her to have a good time on her shoe and that was authentic but I think the way that I would go about certain things was a little aggressive and like intense for everybody as opposed to being like once this is over why don't we all get undressed and have a fun cake fight now the cake fight the first initial piece of throwing i wouldn't do until the producers got behind and i i and that was that because i i did not want to throw food on whitney's clothes because i knew that that would be not only a fight on screen that would actually be a real fight that i i knew that would be disrespectful of me so i did that was known with the producers but i once the fight was happening, I lost all regard for her clothes, and it was only about making sure that I won the food fight. That's all I cared about once I was given the okay by Whitney that I could do it. But that, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: you—you you, you knew how to push, but you never wanted to get to the place of, like, disrespecting me. Like, we always had those kinds of conversations. Like, before you would really oh. push me hard or before they would really want you to push me hard, like, we would be on the same page about it.
1: Yes.
2: I love that. Yeah.
1: So that leads nicely to kind of the end, which was strange. Like the show ends with with you two getting into this fight and and you saying you want to move out and Whitney saying, "Okay, we'll move out. And then you move out and the fight happens because you didn't get the jacket on lights or you did, but she didn't keep it on for long enough. And like, you know, Whitney gets mad at you and everyone who watched it was like, Whitney had no right at getting mad at you. And, and that was definitely something that pro- the producers were sort of like playing up. But, but was there any real ill will towards you guys at the end? And if so, like, what was it sort of about?
2: I don't know if I've ever had a day in my life that I've had ill will towards Whitney, if you want me to be really honest. I mean, I think every kind of even confrontation that we've had in our relationship, we've talked about thoroughly. I think I actually did annoy Whitney at times, I'm sure. Like, you know, like, you're going to get this jacket on this person, and she took it off. There was nothing I could do, and yet, like, that is frustrating. I could see both sides of that scenario, and I could see how that could be edited differently. But I I can't say there was ever a moment in my life, like, even when, the when like, our fight was happening, like, that was even hard for me. It made me sad because I'm like – there's part of this where it's like, there was a truth to like, you know, me moving out and me looking for places and me wanting to be on my own. But then there was also this way of editing where I felt like you weren't, they weren't really showing how, how deep our relationship was and how much we did love each other and had like a real, real friendship. From what I remember,
0: none of our fighting was ever what was really going on in our relationship. Like I think you and I were on the same page
1: was there like a vibe that maybe there was like a little something and you guys knew that you were on a TV show that was fueled by drama and you guys were both like, okay, like, I am annoyed, but I'm also willing to take it like a little further than I want to for the cameras.
2: <laughs> I think we were annoyed with you guys too sometimes. And so we would, we would be able to like use that and feel it for our own fun. Like we would be like, okay, you guys want us to fight like you and we'll, we'll do it. But like, you know, there was part of that and then there's part of it that's just, you know, I might get, I might've shot Whitney a few bad looks. Whitney might've shot me a few bad looks that were real. I don't, you know, we don't, I don't know. I can't really remember from that long ago, but I think our core fights, we were very aware with each other that, that we were good i never would i even with that first scene that i did like i remember calling whitney and being like i want you to get ready because like i i said some stuff you know and i'm scared now that you're gonna be mad at me like so i i think i was very aware of our friendship and that that was a priority for me throughout the show to make sure that we were always on the same page i just knew who she was because it wasn't like she was my reality tv friend like
0: we had more history. I knew the person that she was and I just really trusted her. So if she called me and told me that she didn't really mean that, then I believe that she didn't really mean that. Taking a little break here also to talk about the holiday season and how it can relate to being a lonely mother. I mean, Being a first time mom is lonely and isolating regardless, but the holidays brings up this time where like you feel like you're supposed to be happy and excited and celebrate, but you also have this overwhelming responsibility to like start new traditions for your family and take on all the traditions and cook and make sure your children are having a nice time, especially because it's been such a crappy year. So it's just a lot of pressure and there's not too many places to talk about it. I mean, I hope that you always can find comfort talking about it on my social, whether it's on my Instagram or or YouTube messaging us. Like we always want to hear from you, but there's also a really awesome new safe space out there called Peanut, which is an app for mothers, expectant mothers, and those trying to conceive so they can try to build friendships, ask any kind of questions or just simply find some support. It basically introduces you to women nearby who are at a similar stage in your life. So someone that may live close to you that just had a newborn like you. They provide access to a community of women who are actually there to listen, share information and offer valuable advice. Whether it's understanding IVF, adoption, pregnancy, miscarriage, first years or nursery and beyond, Peanut is a place to connect with women like you. And I know right now, virtually, it's so important to do these things because a lot of you guys who used to be members at groups or be able to go to places and connect with other parents, it's just not that simple anymore. So Peanut is just such an awesome virtual environment for you to actually do this. And especially if it's hard for you to make mom friends. Like that can be an intimidating, weird thing. I've definitely dealt with that before. You guys can download the app for free today. All you have to do is head to peanut.app.link slash with wit or find it on your app store. It's super easy. It's just the peanut app and it's amazing. Now back to our chat.
1: Do you have any questions for me? Like what was happening behind the scenes? Yes.
2: As a producer, were you assigned each to one of us to somewhat, or was Adam was the one who kind of created this and then you guys had to really come into us? So, I mean, Jess would just come up to me about every five seconds and, you know, whisper something. It was like it was we were very connected to you guys. When you guys would go away from us, did you guys feel like a camaraderie that was different from the camaraderie that we felt with you guys?
1: No, I don't think so. Sense? Yes, I understand what you're saying. Like, Whitney was a star of the show. And so we were always going to protect her. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. obviously I was in love with her. And, like, she's so great. She was in our group. She was, she was a part of the other side, too, because the show didn't exist without her.
2: Without her.
1: For some of the other characters, it was like you guys are more kind of, like, just foils for Whitney. And, like, if, if you weren't on the show, we'd find someone else. But then you came in and you were, like, Whitney's real friend so i think we felt protective of you as well and the show for a while was like a lucy and ethel type thing and that came from adam he was like let's protect this to some and like if you were to go after olivia like that would we would love that and, and we would kind of play it in your favor and i think that that translated into a real relationship and there was like certain members of the crew like gary and spike and jess and me and, and angela when she was Angela was there the whole time, yeah. And like we all became really close, and it felt like you guys were part of that closeness. That doesn't go for everyone on the show or everyone who worked on the show either. Jess Jones, her job was talent coordinator. And like what that meant was not just telling you guys when and where to be, but to be close enough to you guys that you would tell her what was really going on. And then she would tell the rest of us, and we would make it into story. And like I feel like you guys knew that to an extent. Like you, like she really to
2: an extent. But like you're still best friends with her. Like holy shit, she's like that's her job. You know that was
1: her job. But you guys are still close friends, and so that was real. But we weren't assigned to you. Like Bill and Spike and Adam, when he was there, they would be in charge of like getting story out of you. Sometimes I would do it if like they let me, but that was really their job which is can can make for kind of like a weird trust dynamic, you know? Yeah,
0: it was for Jess like it was a really fine line cuz I told her a lot of stuff that I bet she, she didn't, didn't tell her. I'm sure she really wanted to protect our relationship, but I think there were there were some things where I would tell her and she'd be like, "Whitney, that puts me kind of in a weird place. Like am I able to tell the producers about this and either i'd say yes or no and like she would
1: i'm sure she, she respected it yeah because she did. for jess like the best thing for her job would have been to come into like a monday morning story meeting and be like i just got off the phone with whitney and she told me that she's like pregnant with like timmy fackelmeyer's baby and we would have been like
0: yeah you're promoted
1: <laughs> you know like
0: great fine yeah, her her loyalty i felt like was always to me which for i was sure. lucky for
1: yeah. Her
2: loyalty, I, I agree with. I, I agree with that, Whitney. Like, now hearing that that was what she was supposed to do, she really did have our back. And I mean, she's still she, one of my closest friends. I love Jess, and Jess has been great. And I think that we kind of did know when Jess was trying to get stuff out of us compared yeah. to when she was just being Jess. Totally. Um, there were like two different relationships we had with her.
1: Thank you so much for doing this.
2: Thank you guys and I love you.
1: We, we miss love you. you. Too.
2: I hope we get to see each other soon.